WNST, Towson Baltimore and Baltimore Positive. We're positively into March and March Madness and uh, the Maryland Lottery. We had a Maryland Crab Cake Tour planned this week at Fadley's on the 8th. Uh, we've had to postpone. We've had to punt. Uh, just to, just to, uh, the, the, the old disabled list, uh, unable to perform, not me this time. Uh, Damie couldn't make it this week, so we're going to punt till later on in the month. We are going to get down to Lexington Market. It's all going to be brought to you by our friends at the Maryland Lottery. We've got these cool throwback instant. These are literally what my parents brought home in 1976 when they started scratching these things off. Also, Window Nation, I got the floppy hat. I'll put it on. I always think of Tony Saragusa when I wear a floppy hat that's of this color because this is what he wore when I sat on his lap over at the barn. So, uh, Window Nation, 866-90-NATION. You buy two, you get two free. Still 24 months till the end of this month. And then springtime comes. But uh, do it up. And uh, if anybody out there, I'm, I'm public service, um, anybody can get rid of the ants near my window and the spiders near my window. That's a whole different thing than Window Nation. Uh, I need to hear from you. Throw me a note uh, out on social media or, or in the interwebs. Luke is here now. Um, Luke, I don't think it's any secret. I've been a little on the you know the down low and away and taking a little vacay time and chasing Springsteen a little bit. If you follow me out on social media, and obviously we got thrown out. Um, uh, of the uh, radio row, we didn't get to go to Super Bowls. We ran a lot of stuff. Back on the beat. Um, this is not unusual, man. I've gone to Australia three of you know the thirty years I've been on the radio in the month of February to get away or uh, just getting away. Right, it's a good time to get away. Spring training happening now. Uh, back in the day, we used to go broadcast through all that March Madness happening now. Obviously, with the Terps. Dude, you and I, uh, we've known each other a long time now. First you as a listener when your dad was alive, and then you become what you've become er, you know, early on the first couple of years, sort of easing your way into this and teaching. This is as interesting a time to be taking calls in sports radio with prosperity yet buffoonery in regard to the Orioles. I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, you said last week the most damning thing I've ever heard you say about any one or any relationship. You didn't even know you said it. I've been quoting you for, for two weeks. They could have done more. They should have done more. I've been using that one for you. But March Madness, the Terps are like as legitimate as they can be. I was at Nacho Mama's the other night watching the women sort of battle Iowa and lose in the final of Big Ten. Sports is up. Trots is in Nashville. Caps are falling apart. Uh, Orioles have hope. And the Ravens are an ish show right now to the eyes of Twitter. And this is just a fascinating time right now that all of this is going on that we can't even focus on the Preakness or what the Wizards might be doing or what's going on about Towson or March Madness or teams getting into the tournament. or um, it, it feels like there was no plague all of a sudden. And I think that the normalcy of this and the fact that people are buzzing me everywhere I go when I'm out places talking sports with me again, and that's that's good. That's good for business, I think. It really is. And as you just mentioned, you have the Ravens in this position, which is so unique. I mean, I was talking to someone about this over the weekend. And other than the Ray Rice saga and what that meant and how ugly that was on so many different levels. But ultimately, that was an off-field issue, right? Now, it, it obviously bleeds into your football operation, your organization, all of that. Uh, so I don't want to make light of that, uh, but 
from strictly just speaking from a football standpoint, and obviously this is business. It begins with Lamar Jackson, your franchise quarterback, and your franchise tag this week, and what's going to happen, and trades, and all the different scenarios that everyone's talked about. I mean, that that was enough drama, right? But then you get Steve Saunders and the strength coaches and NFLPA report card, which you and I have already talked about. Uh, but you get Rashad Bateman responding to comments that Eric DaCosta made at the combine and quite frankly comments that were honest right i mean how many times and not just the ravens but but in general whether we're talking about general managers or owners or managers or head coaches or players we want honesty right i mean you hear so much coach speak you hear so much guarded language and cliches and all of that and yet you had eric tacosta flat out saying yeah we, it's been a challenge for a wide receiver. If I had an answer, that means I would probably have better wide receivers. And look, could Eric have chosen his words a little bit better and perhaps put a little more on, say, the coaching? You know, especially in the wake of the fact that you parted ways with your offensive coordinator and you brought in Todd Munkin and you're hoping that makes a difference. But you have Rashad Bateman, who, by the way, DaCosta had been complimentary of uh, it earlier in that media session, had even talked about him. So I don't think any of those comments that could be per- perceived as negative toward the wide receiver room uh, were directed at Rashad Bateman, per se, other than just durability questions. But this is something I look at and say, but there's a stat for it, right? Like literally anybody can look up and say, how many yards did they pass for? <laughs> yeah. They're there to catch the ball and right. the offense, and, and, right? And and it's Roman's fault. It's Lamar's fault. It's the offensive line. It's like, everyone's it's fault. Tie. It's everybody's yeah. fault. Right, yeah. I mean, and that, so that's where I'm, I wasn't as moved by this other than just it's, it's a symptom again of what we talked about with some of the Steve Saunders stuff as far as, you know, is your culture as good as you've championed it to be for so long and knowing it, it has been in the past so good for such a long period of time. But when you have your top wide receiver going to Twitter and saying the things that Rashad Bateman said, regardless of the fact that he deleted it a little bit later. I mean, that's the funniest thing. These guys go out. It's like, oh, of course, you know. And that, and that, look, that's not just a a Rashad Bateman or a Raven. I mean, that's. Tell your mother you don't love her anymore and then try to delete it. You know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with you people? Right, right. I mean, so. Yeah, can so I just the... say something? I, I want to give you a Mr. Stockett word. I mean, this has been a great week. Luke, I want to plug um, my Maryland Crab Cake tour, if I can, in the yeah. middle of this, because I had such a beautiful, beautiful day on Friday with Mr. Calvin Statham. We all did. He was our middle school uh, music teacher. He was everybody's middle school music teacher, apparently from Pikesville to, to Dundalk and beyond, even some elementary school teachers. Later in his life, they kept bringing him back. He did 25 years of being called in on emergency duty because he loved children so much. He's still the sharpest tack in the room. I think he could still go teach six hours a day if he had to, if you could get him, pick him up, move him with a crane a little bit. But um, so we had him out and, um, you know, so I've had these teachers out and Mr. Stockett, we talked about the late great Mr. Stockett and my SAT scores or PSAT scores. So here's a word. I just Googled this one to make sure it's a real word. Cause I'm, I'm it's, it's a real word, but I wanted to make sure how to spell it and that I had the right word. You ready? Mm-hmm. Mutinous, not mucus. That's what I had when I had to mute the mic, and because it's cold and flu season. Mutinous, mutiny, uh, refusing 
to obey the orders of a person authority, willfully disobedient to some degree. And I start to think about that's the feeling I got with the pylon. And I know you and I did the Steve Saunders thing. People can find that out on YouTube with Baltimore Positive. You know, we did a segment on Steve Saunders. This is a little different than that because this is a little bit more like what's really going on there and what's the vibe there why wasn't lamar in cincinnati this stuff starts to this stuff starts to pile up right yeah. and then whatever they're about to go through right whatever this baby they're about to have with lamar right whatever it is we're going to give you 241 million dollars or we never loved you really and then the side story is going to leak out the side door and you know, an agent's going to get a hold of it, a player's going to, and by September, we're going to find out just how bad bad was and why Lamar wasn't in Cincinnati. And that's exactly why they don't let people like me in, because I would be there trying to report on this, right? It's the biggest story in sports, right? But the mutinous part of this is whether Eric and John have control of the ship now, who the quarterback's going to be. And I said this to Dennis very flippantly, and there's a piece up right now. This is what Nestor thinks is going to happen to Lamar, right? That Dennis, I always say I'm a better guest than a host, but I, I really believe that they're going to move on from Lamar. They're going to be quiet about it. There's going to be this thing, but we're going to find out that this hasn't been a happy place, right? Like in some, to, to some, in a lot of ways, right? And that's why they don't want guys like me in there. Luke, I'll tell you this, dude. You were with me. We were in Pittsburgh. The one time I was around that team, and I should say that team because the team's never the same anymore, right? As Coach mm-hmm. Billick would preach to Brandon Stokely and John Ogden and you know James Trapp and all those guys as they came out, OJ, all those guys that came out the tunnel 22 years ago. So I was only around that team one time for, you tell me, 28 minutes? I, I mean, I don't meander around the locker room and I wasn't really looking to talk to John that day. They won. They were all singing a Latin song. Marcus Peters was clearly a leader. Lamar was in the room. They were happy to have Ronnie Stanley back. I mean, I saw a really um, jubilant, cohesive. We're ready. to. We just beat Pittsburgh's ass. We're in their locker room. We got orange wedges and a short trip home. They were all making plans as to who was going to whose house to party. Like, Good, right? I, that's what I saw, right? And I'm just a – I was a 28-minute reporter thanks to Mike Tomlin. But that's the only access I had to see or hear anything. Where I'm a guy where Elvis Gerback would pull me up in a locker room and say, this, you know, the things could be – you know, like I sort of knew things, right, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to know things, right? To, to, you're in the locker room for the five minutes they let you in there and – but this is where the truth starts to come out. The truth serum starts to come out a little bit. And when the sycophants are piling on to some degree, when the national media is coming in, and when you're about to undergo a sea change, because I think in their mind they went to Jupiter and they're done with Lamar. That's my that's what I'm reading. Now, if you if you send me a text and tell me that they've gotten kumbaya with Lamar. That would shock the hell out of me. Every day that this goes on, it would shock the hell out of me more, right? Because I just don't think they're thinking that way. But I'm not in contact with them the way I was for, oh, 26 and a half years to have any vibe on it. I'm totally just a fan reading tea leaves at this point. But all of this information, mutinous, I'll go back to that word, Mr. Stockett, thank you, I love you, and everyone should go listen to to Mr. Statham as well. He's just a beautiful man. Uh, He has a wonderful, incredible life story that I didn't know. Um, but mutinous. Where do you, what do you think of that after my soliloquy on all of that? Yeah, and I mean, this is uh, again where we 
you know, you look at situations, you look at culture in, in, in a locker room. Look, it's really easy to say, okay, is it either kumbaya and everyone's happy or you're the late 70s Billy Martin Yankees, right? Where you're it at each other's depends if you throats. won last week. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, that, and look, that's a big part of it too. <laughs> Results on the field and, and all of that. So, look, would I go as far as mutinous? Do I think it's that dire? Do I think the culture has soured that much? No, I don't. Uh, I really don't. Do I think it's perfect? No, I don't. And I think for everything you just mentioned, wherever the Ravens are heading here with Lamar Jackson, whether it is going to be a divorce, you know, a, a, a trade, whether it is going to be a franchise tag and a potential lengthy holdout, or if it is a case where you find common ground that's not necessarily expected. Uh, and I mean, there was, you know, DaCosta talked about it last week. Uh, I know the NFL Network put a put a report early Monday morning saying DaCosta actually met with Lamar Jackson uh, in Miami recently. So, but also made it clear that they're still apart. And we've talked about the fundamental difference in terms of fully guaranteed deal, Deshaun Watson money, all, all of that, and the Ravens' reluctance in doing that. So, 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 so uh, Eric flies but, down there. What's that conversation, Luke? There's I two mean, deals, I, Lamar. There's this deal, which we think is the money, and then there's the other deal where you we find another situation for you. Those are the two deals. That, that you know what I mean, like. And if you want, if you don't want our money, then we're we're gonna have to figure this out. Where do you want to go? Let's let's you and me. Let's get some iced tea. And let's talk about what what you want because Eric clearly knows that now, right? I mean, and that's all you can ask if Lamar is Lamar's agent. Is that Lamar that they have some semblance of? honesty and integrity in their relationship to get done what they need to get done business-wise, whatever that is, right? That That's the business of doing this at this time of year. Yeah, it is. But as I've said to you before, even if you've come to a decision as far as this isn't going to work long-term, or we have irreconcilable differences, right? I mean, you hear that uh, with relationships all the time. That movie made me cry. Uh, it, I don't know if you watched that movie. That's a sad movie. I, I, I haven't, but, yeah. uh, but if that's if that's where they are at this point, there's still the matter of brokering uh, a, a deal with another team and another team meeting Lamar's contractual asks and what the Ravens are asking in terms of compensation. That's why I've said all along, I'm not, even if they've come to that decision, I'm not convinced that that's just going to come together and it's going to happen uh, in a timely manner. But going back to what you were talking about in terms of the culture, uh, in terms of, you know, whether it's toxic in terms of mutinous, you know, again, which I don't know if it's, you know, I, I, I don't think it's mutinous, but if you trade Lamar Jackson, what impact is that having on your locker room? What impact is that having on veteran players that are free agents or a guy like a Clayus Campbell who's at the end? Uh, what impact does that have on your younger players? Uh, say what you want. Uh, you know, you and I can talk about Lamar Jackson or the viability of a long-term deal or his lack of availability. I think it's evident uh, that he continues to remain popular amongst teammates. Now, that doesn't mean behind closed doors there might not there might be more to the story. I'm not, not going to dismiss well, behind that. Behind closed doors, he didn't play in Cincinnati, time, and they're they're like the fans. They know a lot more than the fans, but they're either convinced that that was a business decision, yeah. as Dennis Colazzos has called it here, right? And Dennis had the greatest term. I right. want to promote him, and he he called it significant calluses, and and I you know, and I called it bruised feelings. I think were my feelings, and I think that that's where that relationship is. Now, to your point, 
It feels to me publicly like Marlon Humphrey, Roquan Smith signed on, took their money. Calais Campbell, Ronnie Stanley's gotten himself back to playing. You know, Dobbins is going to be back and fully ready to kind of – that all of these guys really, really, really believe in their soul. They're going to Japan and getting the runs and doing whatever they're doing, um, if you follow them on social media, that that they really <laughs> believe. They're not just giving this to the fans. They think eight's back in the huddle first day of training camp. Kumbaya, paid, happy, driving a new car, doing the whole deal. Maybe they know more than I do, but this from the outside, it it just doesn't vibe that way for me. And if they do it, it would really speak volumes to how they feel about Lamar. It would answer all the questions about why he wasn't in Cincinnati and that they're okay with the injury. They're okay they didn't play to post like. If that happens, that would shock me. But I, but the players, to your point, it really feels like it would shock them. If meet meet your new quarterback, here's Mr. Carr, or Mr. Heineke, or what, what, or the Mr. Draft Pick, whoever it would be, right? Well, but there's that, and there's what they want, right? I mean, there might be players who privately are viewing the tea leaves in a much more pessimistic way, but that doesn't mean that that's what they want to happen, right? I mean, as I've said to you. Lamar Jackson, if he's not the Ravens quarterback next year, they're not a Super Bowl contender. I mean, they're not. You know, if you want to tell me Derek Carr or Ryan Tannehill or, you know, even if you draft CJ Stroud or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, and and by the way, even if whatever quarterback you draft is a good draft pick and becomes your franchise quarterback, probably not in 2023, right? I mean, you're you're not necessarily going to look at the the Joe Flacco 2008 model as Something that, you know, that's an outlier, right? Even well, the, the minute they trade the Lamar that, Jackson, they're in rebuild or reload, reload or something. Transition, right. Transition. I mean, clearly, right. okay. clearly. So that's where what you mentioned and looking at the Bateman thing, looking at how players feel or, or felt about Steve Saunders, that's where it becomes much more interesting in terms of you're going to tick off guys. I mean, guys are going to be ticked off if Lamar Jackson's not here uh, th- this fall. I mean, that's just the truth because these guys know – whether, regardless of where the 100% authentic, authentic truth is in terms of frustration with him being injured, you know, why wasn't he in since all, all that? And all Steve's the stuff that we authentic about truth of I'm not giving $250 million to a quarterback that doesn't play in January. And I don't care how fans feel or anybody feels or you know anybody's feelings get sure. hurt or we don't make the playoffs next year but we have a fan base that you know they're they're coming they're spent we're making more money than we've ever made as someone once said to me like the, steve's long hauling this to not screw this up that, that's not where any of the players are right i mean literally well, like yeah well what i what i was just going to say is there's going to be fallout even if it's the right decision even if you think the Ravens absolutely would be doing the right thing by not re-signing Lamar Jackson, you know, even if you've looked at you know, his lack of durability in the last couple of years and, you know, the production, you know, the peak production was 2019 and that was four years ago at this point. Even if you go down the list and make all the arguments against paying Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract, and, you know, that's not what I'm, I'm just saying. If you feel that way, you still have to acknowledge the fallout that's going to be quite immense with your fan base, with your players. And that doesn't mean all the players are just going to, you know, resign, you know, retire or, or request trades, but you're going to have guys that are ticked and guys that are frustrated and guys that are saying, what the heck's going on here? That That's reality. You know, that this isn't a 30 something Ed Reed moving on in the twilight of his career where, yeah, some guys in the, the defensive backs room were disappointed, but 
you know, that's business, right? You know, you're talking about someone who was at the end, right? We've talked about this, how the Ravens have never been in this position with this kind of a premium talent uh, where it's your quarterback. Uh, I mean, you know, this isn't CJ Mosley going to sign with the Jets. You know, the, this isn't one, uh, a, a Dallas Thomas leaving to sign with the Patriots. This is your franchise quarterback. This is the only guy in team history that's been MVP of the league. So you can't take that lightly, even if you have the conviction to make a decision to say we're going to move forward without him. Now, you don't the, the fallout from players and fallout from fans and fallout from media and perception. You don't let that drive your decision. But you have to at least acknowledge that's part going to be part of your reality if that's how it plays out. So that's where it is interesting to hear Rashad Bateman's comments, uh, albeit deleted then. But they're there, right? I mean, they're a screen grab. You can check it out at BaltimorePositive.com. Uh, that's where you know all the all the players commenting on Steve Saunders. Yeah, he's gone, but is the the, the remaining strength coaches are are they going to be respected? Is it going to be a smooth transition? Are they going to be accepted? So. You know, all of this that you look at in isolation, whether you're talking about a single player's comment like Bateman or like any of the players who talked about Steve Saunders, whether you're talking about a Calais Campbell or Marlon Humphrey talking about getting a get a deal done with Lamar, sign him today, uh, which you expect to hear that. You know, he's he's a darn good quarterback. He's an amazing talent. Uh, I mean, uh, no one can deny that. But at the same time, there is a bit of reality to the business side of this. But. The Ravens are having to weigh all of this right now. And when you're seeing some of the the cracks in the armor, so to speak, with, you know, you see a, a Rashad Bateman speak out, you know, on the heels of some other players who've requested trades in recent years. And look, Hollywood Brown, Orlando Brown Jr., Hayden Hurst, each of those in, individuals in isolation you can look at the explanation and see a reasonable explanation, but this continues to pile up. You know, it's like I said, talking about the, the strength coach situation and the terrible grades. At some point, you keep seeing smoke billowing and you're just like, what's going on here? So, yeah, that's going to be part of this. Whatever happens with Lamar, there's going to be potential fallout if it doesn't result in him being here long term and in him being here in 2023. Again, ultimately, Steve Bashotti and Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh. Can't let though that potential fallout drive their decision, but it's part of it. And to those guys, they won games before Lamar got here. They were smart enough to draft Lamar. They'll be smart enough to figure it out again. That's that's how they operate around here. Like I mean, I, it, sure. I, so I, I feel like if you take that, rewind those twelve seconds of what I just said, and when the day they trade him. That would be the way they operate and they operate off draft picks. He doesn't have a lot of them. This could be a different kind of draft. I think they would view it as a stack draft. I mean, I watched a lot of combine last week, believe it or not. My wife was interested in the, we were watching combine around here and um, trying to get the football team better. And this draft's an interesting one too, right? Like, I mean, you've been following that, that behind all of this Lamar, 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 Eric and the, you know, and, and the, 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 the scout rats are, trying to find eight or 12 of these guys that are going to come in here and make the football team better when Calais Campbell's gone. And while Roquan Smith is still under contract and Marlon Humphrey's still under contract to help them win football games, but they're spiritually where they are on Lamar. I don't think there's, to me, all these reports, I think that there could be any coming together in any way. I think if it was meant to happen, it was going to happen. And I, I think fans should be prepared for that. I think yeah, fans I mean, are, are, you know, I mean, right. I mean, I think everyone has to be prepared for any of the 
options at this point. I think we've been saying that for a while. I, I'm not as steadfast and, and firm in my opinion that it's definitely going to result in a trade, but you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's not going to happen uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I just think it's something that is immense. This is not, you know, you just talked about getting ready for the draft and, oh, you know, get this position or that position. No, this, until your quarterback situation is resolved, that stuff doesn't really matter. And yeah, it does. I, I, I know literally that it does. Yes. And it's not as though you're not scouting the other positions and you're not talking about other positions of need, but until you figure out quarterback, wide receiver, I mean, and this is coming from the guy who's talked about wide receiver for years. If you don't know, until you know who your quarterback is, it doesn't matter who your wide receivers are. Until you know who your what your quarterback situation is going to look like, all these veteran players we're talk talking about and who's going to stay, who might they try to get to take a pay cut or are they going to release Chuck Clark or trade Chuck Clark and go down the list of all those guys uh, that we've written about, that we've talked about. But until you get a resolution with Lamar Jackson in some shape or form, and, un and until you have whoever that is going to be lining up at quarterback uh, in 2023, whether it's him or someone else, it's really tough to talk about the rest of this stuff. And Eric even alluded to that uh, at the at the Combine. If you're Marcus Peters right now, who's other than Lamar, you know, if you put Lamar to the side because he's a, his own entity, Marcus Peters is their highest profile free agent right now. Do you think he has any interest in re-signing with the Ravens or really having any serious discussions with the Ravens until he knows if Lamar Jackson's going to be there or not? Uh, you know, Calais Campbell talked at, you know, did some NFL network work at the Combine and yeah, he's under contract. And yeah, I'm sure the Ravens are, if they haven't already, will be approaching him in terms of what are we doing about your cap number? We'd like to keep you around, but but the first thing he's going to ask is, okay, what are we doing with Lamar Jackson? Because if he's not going to be the quarterback, why am I going to come back for my 16th NFL season and play in Baltimore with whoever the, the quarterback is if it's not Lamar? So everything is kind of in this holding pattern is my point. So it really does make it difficult. But at the same time, and I've said this to you, I've said this to Dennis, I've written this, and, and I truly feel this way. Just because you want a resolution doesn't mean you should rush into one either, because that's how important this is. Whether you're buying in on Lamar Jackson long-term being here or whether you think it is going to be a trade, you better get that right one way or the other, because you don't want to just make a move for the sake of it just to be able to wash your hands of the situation, because is that going to maximize the value of what is an extraordinary talent? Uh, is, is that If there's a chance to get something done, uh, if there is still a chance to do that, you're going to walk away from that and just say, oh, well, we'll start over at quarterback. Uh, and Eric, you know, he, he mentioned this at the combine, and it is true. It's not a good place to be when you don't have a quarterback. I mean, I, I don't care how good the rest of your roster is. That is not a good place to be as it pertains to fancying yourself as being a team that, one, wants to make the playoffs, and two, actually do something when you get there. So, you know, this is complicated, and there's a lot of potential fallout involved here. And that includes veterans on this roster and potential free agents and everything else you're going to do. And, and, oh, yeah, the salary cap. So there's just there, there's a lot to it. And, you know, when, when that's why when you see Rashad Bateman speak out the way he did and, and you see players unhappy with the strength coach situation and, and everything that happened there, it's where you just wonder where. You know, it, you trade Lamar Jackson or you, know, you, you have a situation where he's tagged and he's not there for the spring and the summer and who knows what's going to happen. You know, are you going to have, you know, what, what's your locker room going to be like? What, what's your, what's that 
what are those meeting rooms going to be like? Uh, and you know, if you're talking already about things being potentially mutinous, how much worse could it get uh, if Lamar Jackson ultimately isn't here uh, moving forward? So put it this way, <laughs> it's not it's not a situation I envy them <laughs> being in whatsoever at this point in time because uh, it's not easy. You know, uh, it's not easy trying to decide what you're going to do here and also pondering all the fallout involved if uh, you get a resolution that's not yeah. not happening you know, not satisfying to so many people involved in the organization yeah luke and i were going to talk some terps and some orioles and some spring training and you know <laughs> uh you know spring butterflies amongst other things but boy this lamar thing and and the ravens and you know how important it is and how every little morsel of information that comes out and uh, and, and it's just so much money. And you, you said something about starting over. And I think it's interesting. You'd say, well, do you want to start over? Do you want to give this kid $250 million and then pray? You, you know, and yeah, I, I, th- 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 that's where, you know, it's not free to keep him. And it's got value. Sure. It's got value to you in the future that if you don't want to pay him and there's no indication that they do and no indication that they have, that this would be the way they're going to go. And I, I don't, I don't see it as fatal. I mean, I see this the way probably you see it as, Hey, there's two schools of thought here. And if somebody's willing to give you overpay you for an asset you have that you've undervalued or over, look, man, Chargers gave away Drew Brees, right? I mean, right. It's we're, we're all Manny Machado just got all this money from the Padres. You mentioned players here, saying, are we better or worse? I mean, go ask the Orioles players when Machado left whether they thought it was going to get better or worse, right? Same thing when Messina left here 20 years ago. Is it going to get better or is it going to get worse? Same thing when Ray Lewis retired. Is it going to get better or is it going to get worse? How many playoff games is, have they won since Ray Lewis left, uh, Luke? How many How many games? Two. There you go. Things change. Two. Things change when leadership changes, right? Like, really. Right. And the one thing I'll say, and, and I agree with you, it's not a death sentence. But, and this is true of whatever outcome, whatever your resolution is, there's risk involved and there's some substantial risk and there's no question about it because you can get all those draft picks, you don't find your next quarterback and you're in quarterback purgatory as some teams have been for decades, quite frankly, you're not winning anything. You're, you're not the Baltimore Ravens anymore. You're the, oh yeah, Baltimore's in that division. Yeah. So you have to tread carefully. Well, that's where you get cocky you and think we're going to go get the next Flacco, the next Lamar, the next Mahomes, because they've done it twice. And they're they might. And they might. Yeah. Or, but yeah, they're two for they're two for their last two, but they're two for three. You know, if you go back to Kyle Bowler, you go. So again, well, don't ask me to role ri- play their cockiness because you spend time around sure. them and I don't anymore. And it's <laughs> like, I mean, they, but there's, they, right. they, 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 they smell themselves and they smell their success in Lamar and in their vision and in their plan and, and whatever their plan is, whether it's signing Lamar for $250 million and getting it done and bringing him back and saying, we're going to go win a champ with three championships in the next five years, because he's the guy to beat Mahomes And we believe that. Okay. I'll believe that when I see it too. They, they have mm-hmm. a, they have the checkbook, right? Yeah, they, they do. But uh, as we said, and, this is why this is not easy. There's risk involved no matter how you proceed. There's no question about it because, you know, we can talk about the playoffs. And look, Lamar Jackson was, has only been here the last five years. So, like, there were post-Super Bowl 47, they had one playoff win with Joe Flacco, who had won a Super Bowl. 
So one, it speaks to how difficult it is. Two, it speaks that nothing's guaranteed, right? So you look at that and you just, you have to proceed carefully and it's, there's risk involved and you, you identify a, a franchise quarterback, wherever you think he ranks in the pecking order, they they have, even if it's not in the playoffs, they won a lot of football games with Lamar Jackson starting at quarterback for them. So that's where you look at this and say, however you proceed, you're taking some very significant risks. So good luck making the decision. Like I said, it's not a position uh, I would want to be in because uh, it is quite a difficult one, which is why we've seen this two plus year saga uh, and wondering if we're wrap, you know, winding down to a resolution or is it going to be settling in for a hurry up and wait some more? Uh, which would could, would be a very interesting offseason in that regard. Well, at least the Terps are going to play 40 minutes this week and maybe 40 minutes next week. And uh, the Orioles are going to put them on TV once or twice more before the, the month's over. And uh, the month's going to end with them starting a baseball season. So there's plenty going on around here for everybody to keep us honest and keep us interested and local colleges and, uh, and lacrosse season, of course, for all the lacrosse folks out there. Uh, Bruce Posner does things around here on uh, Monday morning. He's actually going to do Tuesday next week because of March Madness. He wanted some time to take a look at the brackets and, uh, and talk things through. He's a big college basketball guy. And of course, Dennis is always here on Thursday uh, from three until five. And again, on Sunday, all are brought to you by Coons Ford of security Boulevard. Uh, we have moved our fade Lee's crab cake tour this week. Week. Just had a little complication down there at, at Lexington Market. We're going to move it to later on in the month. I'm going to have some more Maryland Crab Cake Tour dates for you. It's all brought to you by the Maryland Lottery. They gave me this giant gold 50-year. This isn't a real ticket. This is a real ticket. You can get this one at our next Maryland Crab Cake Tour. But uh, they give me these big ones here to give out. Uh, 50th anniversary for the Maryland Lottery. Go to mdlottery.com. Learn more. Uh, and we'll get some jackpots up for my wife. As well as Window Nation, 866-90-NATION. They put my windows in last year. Love them, love them, love them. Now, if we just figure out the ants and the spiders, it's March. Uh, I don't – I'm green acres, man. I'm not – farm life's not the living for me. I'm a city boy. Uh, but Wind Donation has uh, has made me countrified. Uh, buy two, get two free. You get two years, 0% financing, 866-90-NATION. Make sure you're checking them out. You can find Luke, Baltimore Luke. You can find our WNST tech service alive and well. Whenever there's breaking news, you'll get that first. It's all brought to you by Coons Ford of Security Boulevard. And uh, I'm back on the beat. I mean, I'm here. Big Ten, March Madness. We're, we're pulling teams. You got 68, not 64. I'll always call it 64. Old schoolers still call it 24 and 28 and all the old numbers. But uh, that takes me back to Tom McMillan. Maybe I'll get him on this week. I am Nestor. We are WNST, AM 1570, Towson, Baltimore. And we never stop talking. Baltimore, positive. <laughs>